have been looking at uh, kind of the, the <laughs> leading up to Father's Day and all of that. I just want to honor every man that's in the room today. You guys give it up for all the dads that are in the room, all the men that are in the room. Uh, it, is, it is amazing that you are here. Um, I, uh, I, I love one of my dad heroes of the scripture. It's not what I'm talking about today, but is a guy by the name of Enoch. And uh, Enoch had a son whose name was Methuselah and who wound up living longer than any other recorded person. But Enoch, it says, on the day of Methuselah's birth, Enoch started walking with God. And he walked with God every day for over 300 years. I think it was actually 360-something years, I think is what it was. That he walked with God every day. And then one day, he was walking with God. And he was not, because God took him. And here's how I think that played out. He walked so close to God, walked with the Spirit of God so closely that one day God was like, you know what? We've been walking this thing for a while. It's closer to my house than yours. Just come on. He never died a physical death. That's right. He literally just walked with God and walked home with, with God. But he was such a good dad, he, he raised a son that would live a long, long time. He was a great, he was a great dad, but his key was he walked with God every day. And I, I'll never forget, that was what God told me when I held Tori in the hospital, my first baby, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then it hit me. I'm just going to tell you the way it went in my mind. I may not be spiritual enough. I don't know. But I was like, oh, crap. I don't know how to do this. Come on. I was like, God, you're going to have to help me. I don't know how to be a dad. Um, and God gave me that story of Enoch. And just said, just walk with me and you'll be okay. Just walk with me and you'll be okay. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we dig into the second part of Samson. Now, now I'm hoping the reason... There's not as many here in first services because they're all going to be in second, not because I, I ran them off last week, uh, all right? Uh, and, no, and all the guys are like, I don't want to go get beat up on Father's Day. I'm sorry. All right, I hope today will be an encouragement uh, to you. Um, but, but if you remember, Samson was a man that, that was blessed by God was equipped by God to be a champion. Everybody say, be a champion. Uh, all right. Are y'all warm? Do you need? All right. Are you? I don't want to turn it down too much because then you'll freeze. But Joe, would you turn it down one notch? Just turn it down just one. All right. Um, he, was, he, was, he was designed by God before he was born to be a champion and bring the people out of slavery. That was, that was what God called him, equipped him to do, gave him great strength. Nobody understood where his strength came from. That's why I said last, 
week, I think Samson looked more like me than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because everybody looked at him and said, how is he so strong? How is he? Yeah, yeah, he did have longer hair. But I used to have a mullet. I don't know if that counts. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> but we saw last week how, how the enemy would make a strong man weak. When, when the man lived by the attitude of, I want it now, I deserve it, and I can handle it. That those attitudes the enemy will use to defeat strong men. Um, and, and here's what I want us to look at today. Because I believe in digging out, one is, it's like, a friend of mine, we talked about this. Samson should never be in the hero lineage anywhere in the Bible. His story was not a hero story at all. Matter of fact, I believe one of his biggest downfalls um, was this. I hope you got your notes, right? Write this down. Uh-oh, there it is. Samson was driven by emotions, not spirit-led. He was driven by his emotions, and he was not spirit-led. Um, how many of you know, men of God, we should be spirit-led, not emotionally-led? And some of you guys will be like, yeah, but I'm a guy. Guys don't have emotions. That is a lie. That is a lie. Because men, I, I don't know if you realize that men and women, we were all born with emotions. We just deal with the emotions very differently. But we all have emotions. God gave you emotions. They're okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But how many of you know we can't make decisions based on our emotions? Amen. Anybody ever got in trouble because you made a decision based on emotions? Come on. And, and, and that's why we, we need to be as men, spirit-led, not emotionally-led. Now, the, the big difference is women deal with emotions. They want to process emotions relationally. And what I mean by that is, is ladies want to talk about it. Right? They want to talk about their feelings. You know, they want to they get with their friends, and they want to talk about what they feel. Guys don't want to talk about it. We still feel it. Come on. We still feel it. We just don't want to talk. You know how guys process emotions? We want to do something about it. Right? We just want to do something about it. So often, we don't want to talk about it. We repress it. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to err. We just want to do something <laughs> with our emotions. And I don't know if you know, <laughs> but, but when we just act out of emotions, many times it doesn't end well. Come on, anybody else? It doesn't end well. We say things that are really dumb. We hurt people we really love because we just want to do something with, with those emotions. Um, so <laughs> we want to do, as men of God, we want to do what's right. Any man in the room, right? Yes. 
You want to do what's right. You want to do what's godly. But so often the emotions take over. What we feel takes over. You've had a long day at work. You are physically and emotionally spent. You love your kids. You love your wife. But you get home and all you want to do is check out. Because my emotions are done. I'm physically spent. I want to spend time with my girls, but I would rather go work on something or piddle with something or play a game or whatever rather than have to spend time. Come on, right? Our emotions start making decisions for us. Um, and, and, and then something happens and short fuse and then there's a, a problem. Paul actually describes it and he says, he says that, that the things that I really want to do, I don't do. And the things I really don't want to do, I find myself doing. Anybody else? I, are you all out there? Anybody else? Yeah. I, I, I mean, there is this constant, constant tension. Um. And, and it's because we allow our emotions to make decisions for us and not the Spirit of God. Because look, look at this. He describes it, Paul describes it this way also in Galatians. So I say, walk by the... Oh, what does it say? Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the... What? The flesh. When I walk by the Spirit, I don't gratify the flesh. He goes on. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? And the Spirit, what is contrast to the flesh. Amen. They are in, everybody say, <laughs> there is a battle with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you, what? Oh, man, I don't like that. How about you? So you're just not going to do whatever you want. To live by the Spirit will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And how many of us know most of the desires of the flesh are emotionally driven? Come on. They're emotionally driven, even though we might not want that to be true. Samson's life and his downfalls were emotionally driven by and large. All the stuff that just went terribly wrong in his life, most all of it was because he made decisions based on emotions. Uh, rather than being led as a champion of God to lead the people out of slavery. That's what he was called to do, designed to do. He had taken a Nazarite vow. Remember, we talked about it last week. God said, with a Nazarite vow, no alcohol, never touch anything unclean, and don't cut your hair. And we saw last week he did all of those. Uh, before it was over, he wound up doing all of those. Um, and so Samson goes. We talked about this a little bit. Samson goes and he marries a Philistine woman. All right? He goes in and marries this Philistine woman. Um, 
And, and as part of it, I need to say this. The wedding ceremony was seven days long. Seven-day party when somebody got married. All right? So it was this big, long process of getting married. Uh, and, and so during the, the process of getting married, uh, he has a kegger. We talked about that a little bit last week. He throws party and has a kegger. Now, he's not supposed to drink, but he does. And he, he drinks. Um, and, and as a result of a bunch of guys, it says that they picked 30 men to be his companions or his partners in the marriage ceremony, like his best men. He had 30 best men, right? 30 guys having a seven-day party, and he throws a kegger. 30 guys plus the groom, and they all drinking. How many of you know that spells trouble? Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? 30 guys, because here's what happens. When, when, when a bunch of guys, you guys know, when a bunch of guys stand around drinking, the stories escalate. <laughs> My dad used to say, the first liar never stands a chance. Because he tells a story and then there's somebody going to one-up them. And the more alcohol is involved, the bigger the story. Or a <laughs> bunch of guys getting drunk together, there's going to be a competition. Right? I bet I can beat you in arm wrestling. I bet I can. Well, that's what happened. Matter of fact, Samson, they're all getting drunk. Samson says, I bet I can give you a riddle you can't solve. So I'm going to give you a riddle you can't solve, and here's the bet. How many of you know drunk guys bet? Right? I mean, maybe sober guys, they do too, but it's even worse, right? So, so he says, Matter of fact, I bet you I can give you a riddle you can't solve in the next seven days in, during my party. You can't solve it during that time. Um, and he said, here's the deal. If you solve it, I owe each one of you a set of clothes, including the underwear. He says, it. I don't understand, but that's what it says. I told you you should read your Bible. It's cool. Um, and so he said, but if you don't solve it, each one of you owe me clothes with underwear. All right? They made the bet. And then he says this. He says, out of the eater comes something to eat. Out of the strong something sweet. And for the next three days, they could not give an answer. So they're four days into the party, evidently, and he gives them this riddle. Now, how many of you know that riddle is based on what he did when he was younger? Remember, he killed the lion, and then he found honey in the lion? That's what the riddle was from. So they, they, 
<laughs> all of the friends and stuff, they're like, okay, how are we going to figure this out? Days went by, three days went by, they couldn't find an answer. They're like, how in the world are we going to know what the answer is? So they go to his wife. They've only been married a few days. They go to his wife and they tell her, you find out what this riddle means. Actually, they said, did you bring him here to break us all? Because it's going to cost us a fortune if we have to go buy 30 sets of clothes. You know, what are you, what are you doing? And, and they said, here's what we're going to do. If you don't find out the answer to the riddle and tell us before the time is up, <laughs> we're going to kill you, your dad, and we're going to burn his house down. That's some wedding party, huh? Right? So she does, well, she uses a very powerful weapon. And it's not sex, all right? He uses, she uses a powerful weapon, and, and it is, she, she starts crying. She starts whining. I mean, it literally uses that word. She whines for days. She cries, oh, you don't love me. If you loved me, you would tell me what the meaning of the riddle is. Why don't you love me? Please tell me if you love me. Why would you not tell me? Why are you holding out on me? For four days, she whined and complained and cried. Why you don't love me? You're my husband. Why don't you? See, he finally gives in. And he tells her the story and tells her the answer. She goes, tells the guys, the 30 guys, what the answer is. The guys come back. <laughs> they give the answer, and he is furious because he realizes his brand-new wife just ratted him out to the enemy. So he's mad. Matter of fact, he is so mad that he lost the bet. He leaves the wedding party, he goes out and he kills 30 innocent men and strips them down, takes their clothes, takes their underwear, and takes these, the, the clothes and the underwear back to the 30 guys and go, here you go. I, I, I did my part of the bet. And he was mad. He was so mad that he took her, dropped her off at the best man's house and said, see you later. And he went back home to his father's house. <laughs> kind of crazy, huh? Um, and then it wasn't long after that that, uh, <laughs> that he, he uh, um, well, there's so much. I'm not going to be able to get into all of it uh, today. Um, but, but she she goes to the, father, to, the, to the best man's house, winds up marrying the best man. He goes sometime later back to the best man's house to pick up his wife, who's now gotten married to the best man, right? Jerry Springer, all over the place. Um, and, uh, and, and so now he gets mad, and he says, I have every right to get mad, so he takes, he goes, and he catches 
This is insane. He catches 300 foxes. And he ties them together in pairs, ties their tails together with a torch on each tail. So two foxes are tied together with a torch, and then he turns it loose. In the, in the harvest time, he turns it loose in the Philistines' fields. So there's 150 pairs of foxes with torches running through all of the Philistines' fields, and it burns up their food crop. They are like, okay, now we're going to die. They get mad because he's burned up their food. They go to the father-in-law, his house. They go get the wife, who's now married to this other guy. They kill her. Kill the father, burn their house to the ground. It's craziness. Craziness. It really is. Then, well, I, I got to tell you this. One of my favorite kind of parts of this is when uh, Samson is mad before he goes and kills the, the 30 guys, I, I got to show you this scripture. I skipped it. Uh, before he goes and kills the 30 guys, he, he, he gets mad at these guys. And he, he's like, basically, um, I know how you figured it out. But look at what he said. Just, just, a, just a caution and a warning for all of us. It, it says, before the sun set on the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? All right? Samson said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would have not solved my riddle. There's a couple things here, y'all. <laughs> All right. The, 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 the first thing is um, don't let people plow with your wife. Nothing good can come out of it. <laughs> and, and the other thing, guys, if you learn anything today, don't ever call her a heifer. It's don't. It's, it, you just don't do it. I read that and I was like, that's one of the funniest scriptures. It's got to be. Got to be. If you had not went, basically, if you had not worked her, you would not have the answer. But I love, I love the way the Bible says it. If you didn't. So don't call her a heifer. Don't call her a cow. It's a bad, bad I idea. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to back up, back up one there. And for some reason, it's not backing up. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> Actually, we need to back up a few. I'm not sure where we skipped it. Sorry. I may have messed you up. Um, so he gets mad. And, and matter of fact, go to the Samson uh, burned with anger. That's in your notes. I think that's there, isn't it? Anyway, y'all write that down. Samson burned with anger. All right? He burned with anger. Um, and, and then he goes and he does the foxes, catches them, burns down all of their stuff. Here's, here's the deal. Like so many men and women, I'm just going to tell you, it's, 
it's both. Anger can become our negative default. It can become our go-to in how we deal with our emotions. And for Samson, and I believe for us, if anger is how we solve problems, can I just tell you, it's not going to end well. It didn't end well for him. And it's not going to end well for us. So often, you know, men, we stump our toe on a chair. And we spin around, throw the chair, that stupid chair. <laughs> right? And when that is our default, nothing is served by that. Can I tell you, it wasn't the chair's fault. Why you get mad at the chair? It wasn't the chair's fault. With Samson, think about this. Think about this. Um, <laughs> Samson had nothing to be angry about. You're like, yeah, but they killed his wife. No. Think about this. Um, he had nothing to be angry about. If you look at it, the truth is, Samson is the one that pursued the woman. Would y'all agree? Oh, would y'all agree? Samson's the one that pursued the woman. He is the one that decided to marry her. He is the one, Samson is the one that went against his parents' decision. He is the one that decided to throw a kegger. He's the one that, that literally challenged these 30 Philistine men. It wasn't their idea. It was his. He's the one that held the secret. He's the one that gave the secret away. He's the one that went and killed the guys for the clothes. And he's the one that burned the crops. Am I wrong? So, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know if I've got all these messed up in there. Sorry, M. Um, but look what he says. This time I have a right to get even with the Philistines. I'm really going to hurt them now. But the truth is, Samson is mad at the world, but it's his fault. I have a right to be mad. No, you don't. It was his decisions that escalated everything. It really was. But I have a right to be mad, no? He's mad at the world. But the truth is, it's whose fault? Come on. It's his fault. So often, we get angry. And let's just be honest. At least for me, the stuff I get angry about, I'm the one that dug the hole. Come on. My decisions dug the hole. Come on. 
My pride, my arrogance dug the hole. My making decisions based on emotions dug the hole. Come on. Come on. Now, I know some things happen that are out of your control, but how many of you would agree so often, I do it to myself, Satan doesn't even have to help me? Right? It's true. It's true. I mean, <laughs> you see it. I see it. I know. You know, so often we go, but God, why am I in this terrible job? God, get me out of this job. God, I, I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at my wife. I'm mad at my kids. I'm mad at my situation. God, why don't you rescue me out of these situations? I had a guy tell me this years and years ago, and it stuck, and I'm just going to share the pain with you, okay? Are you ready? Um, here's the truth. God will not move me until I'm overqualified for my present position. And here's the thing. It's not when I think I'm overqualified. It's when God says, you have done such a good job right here. Now I can elevate you somewhere else. Come on, y'all. Come on. Are y'all still out there? All right. It's just the truth. It's the truth. God is the one. Why don't you do something, God? And he's like, man, I put you in a place to grow. Grow where you are. Grow where you are. Stop making foolish, emotional decisions. Be led by the Spirit because real men accept responsibility. All the guys in the room, let's say it together. Real men accept responsibility. We own our junk. Come on, y'all. We own our junk. You know what? Your wife's not going to be surprised that you're not perfect. <laughs> She's not. To own it. Own it. Own it. I accept responsibility. As a man of God that accepts responsibility, I am not driven by my emotions. I am what? Everybody say it. Spirit-led. I am spirit-led. I, I own it. I apologize. You know, when I'm too harsh with my, with my girls... I say, you know what? You were wrong in what you did. But I was wrong in the way I handle it. That's being spirit-led. I just own it. I just own it. You know? Um, I'm sorry, honey, that I have not treated you with respect. I get it. I've had a lot going, but that's no excuse. Anybody in the room want just are like, you know what, I, my desire is to be spirit-led. Come on, men, women, like I, my desire is to be spirit-led. Here's the thing, ladies, if you have a man that truly desires to be spirit-led, if you have a guy, if you have a father, that he's not perfect, he screws it up all the time, but he is here 
He is desiring to walk with God. He is pursuing God. Even, can I just say, when he screws it up and goes to a dark place and anger and all of that, can I just encourage you, don't try to be the Holy Spirit to fix him. You can't fix him. Your job is to love him. And here's why I say that. If he is truly desiring to walk in the spirit, to be walking, as we talked about last week, as a man that is fulfilling, actually that was a couple weeks ago, fulfilling the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of that. Can I just tell you, if that's the kind of guy you have in your life, you have a one and I tried to do the math. It's somewhere between a 1 in 50,000 or 1 in 70,000. That's what kind of rare man you have. He's at the very least a 1 in 50,000. If he's a man that truly wants to be led by the Spirit. One in 50,000 in the United States that desires, not perfect, don't get it right, but really wants to be led by the Spirit, not led by emotions. So the men in this room that have a heart for God, you're a one in 50,000 at the very least. So, you should celebrate those men. You should celebrate that big. Because they have a heart for it. They don't always get it right. None of us, none of us do. It's one in, in 50,000. See, when God is the focus of our story, we are led by the Spirit. When I want to be the focus of my story, it goes like Samson. Right? When I want to be the, the when I want to be the middle, I want to be the center of my universe, well, it goes like Samson. If I'm driven by pride and anger, I promise you, my story's gonna play out just like his, and it will be very self-destructive. But as I recognize my pride, as I recognize my anger, and as I lay those things on the altar and repent, he is faithful. Come on. He is faithful to finish the work in me. Come on. Anybody else? He is faithful to do that. Yes, I feel the emotions. Yes, I may still want to get angry. Yes, I may want to throw something. But when I'm, when I'm led by the Spirit, I back up a second. I take a breath and I go, no, I'm led by you, Lord. I'm led by you. Now, I'm going to call truth, truth. But I'm going to do it in a way that it's received. Because when I get angry, everybody around me just throws up the walls of protection and they don't hear a word I say. Come on, guys. You can be right and it didn't help anything. It doesn't fix anything when I'm led by emotion. 
But here's, here's the bottom line. All right, and here's where we're going to wrap it. I'm going to get you guys out early. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We'll be, all right. I, and, and I did, I shortened things today because, because uh, we have like three baptisms and uh, a, uh, the baby dedication and second service. So I need to leave a little room for all of, all of that. Um, but I want you to write this down, guys, because here's the truth. Every man in this room that is a child of God, I am spirit-led champion. Come on. I am a spirit-led champion ordained by God for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? That's who we are. <laughs> That's who we are. Matter of fact, I want every guy, young, old, I don't care if your dad, whatever. I want every guy... We're going we're gonna to read this together. Ready? Go. I am a spirit-led champion, ordained by God for such a time as this. Okay, y'all did pretty good. Say it like you mean it, though. All right? Now, say it like you mean it. Ready? Go. I am a spirit-led champion, ordained by God for such a time as this. Amen? That's who I am. Am I am a spirit-led champion. Amen. I am ordained by God for such a time as this. I choose to be led by the Spirit, not by my emotions. Right? I choose. It is a choice. I choose to be led by the Spirit that will produce in me fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. And the last one that's mentioned is self-control. Come on, guys. Come on, ladies. The fruit of the Spirit. It is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. But it is self-control. Self-control. I'm not led by emotions. I'm led by the Spirit of God. And because I am led by the Holy Spirit, I do as a godly man. I may not get it right all the time, but I purpose to lead courageously. That's where we started last week. That I'm going to reject passivity, right? Because that's what men do. I'm going to surrender my story the way I want it to play out to his story. I'm going to I'm going to accept responsibility. I'm going to repent. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to walk in humility. And God is going to give me grace because he's promised that. He's promised that he will do it. And then ultimately as a man, because God's word is true, his promises are yes and amen. Because that is a fact, I can 
as I walk as a man of God, walking in the Spirit, I can expect the greater reward. Not because God owes it to me, but because He promised. If we do it His way, we get His blessing. Right? It's just the way, it's just the way it works. Hmm. Because I am made in His image and walk in integrity, to walk in sacrificial love and passionate love, you know what? I can walk in confidence and kick bait Satan's butt in every situation because I'm walking with the king. I'm walking with him. Remember, Enoch, the secret to passing it on to the next generation, the secret to being the kind of dad that honored God in a way that his son would live <laughs> Longer, it was 900 and something years. That is amazing. But see, I believe Enoch was the hero because he lived out a life that he had a son that wanted to live out that kind of life. That's pretty amazing. And I'm looking around the room. And I see some of you, many of you men, that you're living that out. You're living out the secret that Enoch had was, you know what? I don't know how to be a dad, so Father, you need to teach me how to be a dad. And I'm going to walk with you today, and you're going to give me the wisdom to be a father today. I don't know about tomorrow, but today I'm leaning on you. And that is the secret of success. We don't have to have the answers. We just purpose as men of God, I'm going to walk with you today, God. I'm going to walk with you. I'm not going to pretend I got all the answers. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk in the Spirit, not be led by my emotions. Amen? So, Father, thank you. For the men in this room. I thank you for those that I have watched over the years stepping up and dying to the flesh, dying to the emotions that would lead them and surrendering to your spirit that's molding and shaping them to look more and more and more like Jesus. Father, I just pray that for all of us, we wake up tomorrow morning going, Spirit, today lead me. Lead me. I don't want to be led by my emotions or what I see with my eyes. I want, I want to be led by you. I wonder if there are any guys in the room that you would say, God, especially if you're a father in the room, would you just say right where you are, I, I don't know how to be a father. I, I don't know how to be a grandfather. I, I don't. 
so I'm leaning on you, Jesus. Just make that commitment. Just confess. I, I can't do it. My default is, is not good emotions when it doesn't go well. I, I want to be led by you. Just have a moment with Jesus right where you are. Maybe your default emotion is just to pull back, to shut down. Say, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be led by emotions. I want to be led by your spirit. Because my flesh, it wants to retreat. It wants to get mad. It wants to lash out. Lord, I want to be able to speak the truth and love that draws people to repentance. Father, I thank you for the men of God, the champions that are sitting in this room that don't claim to be perfect, but they're seeking you. They're seeking to be led by your spirit. So, Father, I just pray that you would honor them. God, that they would know they are special. <laughs> That they are at least a one in 50,000 in our culture that would truly desire to follow you. And when we get it wrong, that you would just correct us, pick us, pick us up, brush us off. And then we can walk by your spirit. Thank you, Father. Amen.